0: The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama, that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868, or visit them at DIFPBHAM.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak.
1: He'll drive it, and he's jamming in! Oh my! Jamal Gregory, highlight real time.
0: Sports center top 10 time. This is Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, alongside Avery Davis, and today is Tuesday, November 10th and this is episode number 47 of the series. Today's featured guest is baseball super senior Alex Webb. The baseball team recently wrapped up fall practice, and he joins us in a bit to talk about preparing for the 2021 season. His interview in just a few moments,
2: but first a few quick notes and some news. Last week's guest was newly appointed men's assistant basketball coach Ty Anderson. From walking on at Georgia Tech to joining the Peace Corps after college, Anderson's journey back to basketball is one you will not want to miss. To listen to previous episodes, Behind the Beat can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. A lot of news to get to today, including Rifle,
0: a lot of basketball, and an on-campus concert to tell you about. Leading off with the concert news, former Gamecock Riley Green is coming back to Burgess Snowfield November 20th to play a show for his hometown and alma mater. The concert starts at 5.30 p.m. with Hoax Bluff native Drake White opening for the newly crowned ACM New Male Artist of the Year. Tickets are on sale now and begin at $30. To purchase tickets and for information regarding COVID-19 and stadium policies about the show, you can visit jsugamecocksports.com slash green. That's jsugamecocksports.com slash
2: r-i-l-e-y-g-r-e-e-n. On the hardwood, the men's and women's basketball teams released their full 2020-2021 schedules last week. Ray Harper's crew is set to play 27 regular season games, seven non-conference games, and 11 home games this season, while Rick Petrie's women's squad will play 25 total games, 14 home games, and four non-conference matches. If you take a look at the women's schedule, it looks like
0: your more traditional basketball schedule. They'll open up the season November 28th on a Saturday here at home against Georgia Southwestern State. and After that, you've got Tennessee Tech coming to the peak, New Orleans. The Gamecocks will go to Georgia to take on the Bulldogs on December 9th and then they're at Tennessee Tech December 13th. Sanford comes to town December 16th, and Alabama State, another in-state rival, will come to town on December 19th. But then if you turn and look at the men's schedule, the Gamecocks will open the season on November 25th against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That game was originally scheduled for November 10th, and luckily that was one of the games that Ray Harper was able to get pushed back and keep on the schedule, but the men's schedule was a little more funky when it came to scheduling, so you've got a three-game tournament Coming up at South Alabama right after Thanksgiving, they'll take on Florida Atlantic, South Alabama, and the University of Mobile November 27th through the 30th. After that, you've got a two-game trip to Florida International in Miami. They'll take on the Panthers on Friday, December 4th, have Saturday as an off day, and then turn right back around and play Florida International again on December 6th. That's a Sunday, and then they'll come home and open up the OVC schedule December 13th against Tennessee Tech, and then they'll host Tennessee Tech on December 16th. The only other home game to mention before we get into the full OVC schedule is on December 18th. That's a Friday night. Jacksonville State will host Georgia Southwestern just as the women. In preseason news that was announced last week, the women were picked sixth in the preseason poll. Taylor Hawks is a preseason all-OVC selection. The men, who I can tell you will finish better than this, were picked 7th in the poll by the OVC coaches and SIDs.
2: Last Saturday, the JSU rifle team dropped its first match of the season with a loss to OVC rival Murray State. The Racers bested the Gamecocks by just 60 points. Jacksonville State posted a 46-30 aggregate score, earning 23-41 in air rifle and 22-89 in small bore. Junior Michael Dietz led JSU with a mark of 11-69, posting a 5-95 in air and 5-75 in small bore. Jacksonville State returns to the rifle Range Saturday, November 14th, to host UT Martin.
0: For this week in JSU Athletics, I have to credit Avery with finding all of these. On November 10th, 2018, Jacksonville State football claimed its 5th Street Ohio Valley Conference Championship with a 41-14 win over Tennessee State in Nashville. You could call this the week of championships As the five straight that Jacksonville State won from 2014 to 2018 all occurred during this week. And it started on November 15th, 2014 with a 27-20 win over Eastern Illinois. In 2015, on November 14th, it was a 56-28 win over SEMO that claimed their third straight title. November 12th, 2016, a 33-15 win over Murray State gave the Gamecocks their fourth straight title, and then on November 11th, 2017, Jacksonville State topped UT Martin in Martin with a 14-7 win over the Skyhawks, and that is this week in JSU Athletics.
2: For our NFL update, we had a quieter week from our former Gamecocks. Saran Neal played in the Bills' 44-34 home victory over Seattle, but did not record any stats. Former running back Troy Mayne Pope was listed as inactive in the Chargers game against Las Vegas. And Josh Pearson still remains on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad. That does it for everything happening around
0: athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Alex Webb transferred to Jacksonville State in 2018 following a one-year stint at Chipola College and two seasons at Alabama. The catcher arrived just in time to help the Gamecocks win the 2019 OVC Baseball title and knock off both Illinois and Clemson in the Oxford Regional of the NCAA Tournament. After his senior season was cut short by COVID-19, Webb is back for a sixth collegiate season, hoping to recreate the magic of 2019 and take the Gamecocks even further in 2021. Here is this week's guest, Alex Webb. Joined on the podcast this week by senior catcher Alex Webb from the JSU baseball team. Alex, welcome into the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And you've been up for a pretty good while already now. We're recording this at 1130 on Monday, but you've been up a few hours already. Tell me about your internship that you have and your major that it goes along
1: with. Yeah, uh, so I've been interning in the weight room this semester with all the sports teams. Been working with football, volleyball, golf, uh, track and field all those teams and you know it's it's a cool perspective to get to see what all the other athletes on campus are doing and kind of see the work that they're putting in because you know as an athlete that all these other teams are putting in work but it's it's cool to see them go about what's behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff go about their business that way and so it's nice to see that you know but the early mornings they get tough you know dealing with practice and all that kind of stuff but it's been a joy working in there and it's really solidified that I want to do that down the road at some point so I've enjoyed it as much as it's it's been hard work but it's been good work too
0: and you were talking about your days are fairly short just because you're having to get up so early what time are you going to bed and what time are you getting up in the morning
1: yeah uh, so I'm getting up around 3 15 or so uh, five days a week and then I'll be in bed by 7 30 you know and sometimes practice when we're scrimmaging it runs till close <laughs> to six or so so Dinner comes quick right after <laughs> practice, you know, and then it's shower, brush your teeth, and you're off to bed. And it's kind of a return back to the elementary school days when you got bedtime at 8 o'clock or so <laughs> and your parents are rushing you off to bed. So it's it's been nice, you know, on the weekends kind of getting to sleep in. You sleep in until 8 and you feel like you got the whole day left, you know. So the weekends have been fun, good times to catch up with the guys, and it makes all that time more precious, you know, spending time with the guys away from the field. and So it's just – it's been a perspective change almost to kind of step one foot in adulthood, one foot still in college, but it's, it's been fun still. So I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Who's the harder work in the weight room, Gavin Hallford or Ricky Rutledge? Whew,
1: uh, that's a tough one. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go with Ricky Rutledge. So he's, he's a different cat. He's a big energy guy around there. So he brings a different tone to the weight room for sure than Gavin does. So it's good having both of them in there though, keeping everybody in line and, Ricky also just kind of uh, helping keeping everybody loose and not so serious in there.
0: Great reason to have you on the podcast this week is that you guys have just wrapped up fall practice. And like we were talking about before the podcast started, you guys started practicing individual work, you know, right as you got back from summer break and began the semester. And this last week of October, when you really kind of wrapped things up and you could walk out of the peat. You know, 5.30, 6 in the afternoon, and still hear pings going on over at the baseball field. And so Tell me what practice has been like this fall, and really kind of what it's meant to be back on the baseball field after what happened last year.
1: Yeah, you know, coming back, we really weren't sure what was going to happen. There were a good many of us that weren't sure how long our fall would be and everything, so when we got back, we kind of eased into it going, you kind of had a per- time period when you could come up to the field and that would be kind of your designated time there wasn't any early work or extra work which was strange for a lot of us you know because baseball is one of those sports where guys just want to get in and they want to work and work and work but with the way things started this year we really had to kind of ease our way back in there and go by protocols whatever that may be time restraints group size you know so that was something to get used to and then as things kept going on things kept going good for us we got the kind of get everyone back together and start scrimmaging and all that kind of stuff so that was a big step forward for us when everyone got back together and got on the field it was it was a good day and then for the entire fall we really we got lucky you know we didn't have any big time periods where we were having to miss where they shut down programs because we heard where there were a couple programs I'm not sure who it was but where their falls kind of got cut short you know because of uh sickness hitting the team and all that stuff so we got really blessed with that. And then coming back, it was just getting back into the groove of things, you know, with the way our ended abruptly last year. It wasn't the way any of us obviously wanted it to go, but we had to deal with it. And then coming back and playing was, it was good. You know, everyone felt normal and all that. So it was, it's just good to kind of wind down now, you know, get back into that small group, work on some small things, almost put the car in the shop, you know, make a few tweaks here and there to to the overhaul overall car and all that kind of stuff. So we just really got to keep our nose to the grindstone and get ready for the spring because it's going to be here before we know it and it's going to be time to rock and roll. You're
0: the first baseball player that I've talked to since the pandemic hit. Tell me about what it was like last year when everything kind of got handed down, all the announcements that the spring was going to be canceled cut short and what it felt like for you and I know personally for you you're a guy that you had some tough decisions to make because I know you were looking at possibly the MLB draft last year was going to be your senior year and obviously lucky you get the red shirt year that blanket waiver to come back for a super senior year yeah but tell me about what it was like first of all when everything got shut down what were your feelings
1: So I was one of those guys that was kind of, I was more optimistic about it than a lot of people around here. You know, it was, you kind of hear whispers or you see things on the internet where these programs up North are shutting down or the conference is shutting them down and all this stuff. And I'm down here in the South. I'm like, man, it's, it's warm, you know, it's baseball season. They're going to let us just roll on through as long as we can, you know, try to stretch it. And we were getting ready for a weekend series on Thursday and, You kind of hear, I think the SEC dropped that day, I believe, and it was like, man, if they're going, we got to go soon because I feel like we were looking kind of towards them as our guiding thing where if they stay playing, we're going to keep playing as long as we can, you know. And it was inevitable. We knew it was inevitable, but we were hoping for another week, maybe, maybe two. But once they fell and we were out there taking BP and they called us up, and you kind of knew it was over and – At that point I was kind of in shock. And I know most of the seniors were in shock, but it was one of those things you just gotta take it as it comes, you know, you're not gonna change it. Being mad at it's not gonna change anything. So you just gotta go about your business and continue to work, whether I was gonna be back or not, you know, I still had to work and get ready for everything that was coming my way, whether it be if I don't get my year back, well, I gotta go become an adult now, you know. I gotta get ready for the draft at that point, I was getting ready for it, you know, but God has his ways of putting us in a direction that's going to affect our lives positive, more positively than anything that we could do. So I think this sixth year, you know, it's my second red shirt year in college. So it's been a blessing to be back here around these guys and learning things from the weight room perspective. I'm getting an internship done while I'm still in school. So I'm, I'm getting double positives out of this. I'm around with my friends again for another year. I'm getting my school done again. So it's been a blessing to be back here for a sixth year. And who knows what the spring may lead to. I may not – I may, something may happen to me, but, you know, it's all for a certain reason. So I'm happy to be back with my friends and just – I'm ready to, for the spring to get here for us to see what we can do because we got a lot of talent on the field and a lot of guys have really grown over this past year that really – kind of surprised us. I mean, we got a lot of arms in the bullpen this year. We got a lot of new guys, a lot of freshmen that are stepping up big so far. So it's been fun to watch them mature and it's been a good group to be around. You know, if this is my last year, which it probably should be, it's a good group to go out with. So I'm, I'm happy to be back with the guys and just enjoying every minute of it.
0: How did you stay in shape over the summer? And, you know, luckily baseball is one of those sports that you can you can kind of social distance with mm-hmm. it. I mean, unless you're playing catch and touch on the same ball, you know, you can you can fairly well get distance from each other and still you know be able to work out and do some stuff. Tell me about what you did over the summer and what you were able to do to still stay in shape and like you were talking about possibly preparing for the draft.
1: Yeah. So early on, there um, we were lucky. There's a AAA guy here in town, Josh Martin, and he got he was back getting ready because he was going to play indie ball last summer and their season got canceled along with ours and all that so he was back here and we were long tossing there's a yard uh field out in front of his house where we were long tossing at and stuff like that out by the track we were long tossing and he actually had a barbell and uh some plates that we uh that we found so we built a a rack and put put it in his garage so that was one place where we were lifting weights throughout we me corley um tanner anderson we were all going over to his house and lifting with him in his garage and he was a big helping hand when it came to me and those two guys staying in shape and if a couple guys came back to town they'd pop over for a workout with us and stuff so that was a big helping hand in us staying ready and i mean i got to catch bullpens all through the summer because he had to throw bullpens to get ready so it was that's a, another blessing, you know. You never know who you're going to meet or who's going to help you out, but he was a big helping hand this summer for us.
0: You mentioned Josh Martin; he's a enterprise guy, played at Sanford. I've seen him throw a little bit at the field, and then some of those other guys that you have around from this program. You've got Spike Daniels, Garrett Farmer, Nick Gaddis, Todd Cunningham, who still comes around a lot, and then uh, you know he didn't go to JSU but went to Jacksonville High School. Shed Long, who's mm-hmm. the second baseman with the uh, Seattle Mariners. What does it mean to you to be around that many guys that played at the pro level? You've got Shed and Todd who's played at the major league level and to have those guys around to be able to kind of show you the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, a huge thing for us to have guys like that that we can go to and ask these questions. You know, when Shed comes a- around the facility, our infielders, they just miraculously show up and they'll start asking questions, taking ground balls with him. And I know Cole Frederick works a lot with Shed when he's back at the field and stuff like that. Nick Gaddis and Garrett Farmer, they've been helping out a lot this fall for us. And just having Nick around for me, being able to – he's an older guy and just being able to communicate with him when I have questions about what I'm doing in a cage or with catching, stuff like that, having him to work with on drills. And Farmer's been helping with the pitchers with Coach Case. So everyone's – all those guys give back so much to this program and that's something that's unique. I feel like to JSU where it's such a small community and the guys that come here, they buy into the program and it's just almost a family type deal where when you come back home, you're helping out with the kids, you know, you're kind of doing your part to help the family move along and they're all huge, just benefits for us to have around here. And it's, it's just great to have them.
0: Your freshman year, 2016, you redshirted at Alabama. You played your redshirt freshman year. You go to Chipola for one year. You come to Jacksonville State. Your first year is 2019 here, and you guys go on to win the OVC championship. It's the farthest a JSU team has made it into the NCAA regionals prior. And you mentioned Nick Gaddis. You platoon with him at catcher when Nick's not playing third base. Tell me about what it was like to be on that team first year to have a guy like Gaddis who is a professional baseball player that you kind of got to learn from during that season and then just what you guys did overall and just coming out and running through the OVC you've got a brand new stadium to do it in and you go and knock off Clemson and you knock off uh Illinois
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so that was a great year you know it's kind of crazy you come in and I remember that first fall we were over there practicing on the band field and all that kind of stuff and I this was my last shot at a school, you know, I transferred here and I really didn't know. I knew that I had a shot at catching. And then that first fall I'm playing, like we're playing inner squads and all that. And Nick's doing his thing. He just steady Eddie going, going off all fall. And I'm like, man, I make a wrong choice, you know? And like at the beginning, I'm going to be honest, me and Nick, I didn't enjoy, like me and Nick, we weren't very close. I don't know. Like it was just kind of like, I was the new guy and he was the alpha on the team, you know, and we're both very strong personalities and stuff like that. But as the year went along and the fall went along, we just kind of melded and, you know, and the personalities grew closer. Now he's one of my favorite guys to come around and he's an awesome person to have around campus. And I, when I heard he was coming back for the fall, I was so happy, you know, having a guy like him around to, to work with. And I think having Nick here for me to, almost have to beat out. You know, it, it really pushed me to work harder and strive to be better than what I I was because when I was at Chipola, I was not my best form. You know, I transferred there and I think I was kind of complacent with how I was doing. And I, I was on a one track mind, you know, trying to get in, get out and got lucky. Was on a great team down there and won a national championship. But when I came here and I saw the talent around me, I was like, man, I'm going to have to work, you know, and I think that really having Nick there in front of me really pushed me to be better, you know, and they brought in a couple of Juco guys that fall with us, you know, Kirkland Tavell, and all those guys. And they're, they're awesome people. Me and Kirk, Kirk's one of my, my boys, you know, he's one of my all time favorite guys I've played with. And he's a guy that jumps in the cage with me late at night, you know, that I feel like also we really push each other along with having Nick here. And then we just had an old presence on that team. We were kind of a, kind of old, kind of young, you know, the young guys weren't super young, but they were kind of green with experience. And then you had the guys like me and Kirkland because Kirkland went to that same world series, I believe with his junior college team. And so he had been there and then I had been there. Then Nick was just, he's just Nick, you know, and then we had a bunch of seniors. So those, the older guys really, I felt like brought along those younger guys and really helped them as the year went along to push themselves and to, to want the best for themselves and so this year all those young guys that were sophomores that year they're 21 22 year old juniors and so we got a a lot of experience on this team and this year's team's gonna they have a chance to do what that team did plus more so and I fully believe that that we have more talent on this team than we did then and this team's a lot closer than that team this team that I'm on now it's everyone's hanging out on the weekends. It's Friday night, Saturday night. Everyone's together watching baseball, watching football. It doesn't matter. Everyone's together having a good time. And it's, it's going to be a special year if we play up to what we should and hold ourselves to a high standard.
0: Do you like watching baseball?
1: Uh, it comes and goes, you know, it's one of those things where if a certain teams on, like I like watching players more so than games. Cause it's one of those, I enjoy high, like, high quality baseball so like guys like trout guys like freddie freeman I'm a big freddie freeman guy I Liked watching him because he hits from the left side and it's one of those things where when a certain guy is on tv i get locked in and like watching him but for the most part i'd i'd rather watch hockey or football you know those are two of my they're more high paced to me and more collision oriented so that i like that a little bit more but playoff baseball it's hard to beat so that time of year it's a good time to watch baseball
0: watch a lot of the postseason this year
1: oh yeah i watched as much of it as i could before i had to go to bed at seven o'clock you know <laughs> so i would catch about the first two innings of that late game and then i'd be snoozing off so it was kind of tough and i'd have to either watch highlights in the mornings or ask the guys what happened at practice the next day so i was kind of out of the loop to a point but if something happened in the first two innings i got to see it so
0: growing up in the 931 columbia tennessee <laughs> yeah. i would imagine you were grew up a titans fan
1: uh, more of a Falcons fan. My more family Falcons. family moved from Georgia up there, so we used to have season tickets back in the day. So, big Falcons fan.
0: So, that area seems kind of torn. And then, again, Middle Tennessee to that West Tennessee side, you've got a lot of Cardinals fans, and then mm-hmm. you've got a lot of Braves fans. Where did you grow up kind of in that in that Civil War?
1: Uh, I'm kind of a half-hearted Braves fan, mm-hmm. but I'm a, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. I grew up a big Poppy fan. I was more of a... A short chubby kid that (laughs) I don't know just that left-handed swing from poppy I had a fat head of him growing up and I've been to Fenway twice with my grandparents and Fenway Park man it's it's a mecca there's nothing like it I hope they never tear it down I hope they play there for the rest the rest of baseball you know so it's I'm a Red Sox fan but I'm a Braves fan more like I would say I'm a second tier Braves fan but i'm not definitely not a cardinals fan not at all i don't know why i have just never really enjoyed watching the cardinals
0: and you talk about stadiums talking about what fenway park means being the oldest ballpark Mm -hmm. in major league baseball right now and then you guys are playing in one of the newest ballparks in college baseball right now and probably one of the nicest in somewhat of a recruiting pitch tell me what it means to have jim Case stadium
1: man you know it's i've been lucky in my career i've opened two brand new stadiums my Mm -hmm. freshman year opened the one at alabama and i've opened this one and to be honest with you the atmosphere at this one to me is better it's just more the fans are more in on you the boxes are very cool i think that was a very creative idea to have those box the suites right there in the bullpen man that's huge for catchers you know you don't have to run down to the outfield or anything like that you're right there in the dugout you're right there with your teammates, you know, and it keeps you kind of in the game more. But the inside of that of the stadium, the underneath part that we see more than anybody is just, it's amazing. You know, you have the lounge where all the guys hang out, a bunch of people get to the field early, whether it be two hours before practice. And I'm not like blowing smoke. It's literally two hours before practice. Guys are in there eating lunch, watching TV while they do it. They may play a game of ping pong or pool. Go get their training done. They're in the cages by an hour and a half, an hour before practice, and they're ready to go. You know, and it's it's such an easy transition. You walk in, you put your fingerprint on the door, and you're right there. You're right there at the locker room, and then as soon as you're ready, you're in the cages. Whether it's 50 degrees outside, 30 degrees outside, 105, you're covered. You can open the doors and let the breeze blow through, and you got the music blaring and there's no reason to leave you know it's easy to lose track of time especially after practice you'll leave because you're in the locker room with the guys you got so much room there's no reason to rush out or go home because you don't need any more space than you have we'll have debates about the craziest things in the locker room that you'll look down it's 45 minutes later and I think the field honestly builds that camaraderie that you're looking for because if you don't have a good facility or a a spacious facility your guys are they're feeling cramped so they're trying to get out of there and they're not gonna be able to kind of stay after and talk and just shoot the bull you know they they want to stay around they want to talk they want to be around the program more than being away from it just so they can feel like they can relax you can relax up there more time more so than at home sometimes you know if you have roommates or whatever and whatever it may be if you need to do homework there's a lounge where you stay out there get your schoolwork done then you can go home and relax or doing homework want to take a break go hop on the playstation or the xbox we got both of them it's not that big a deal you know (laughs) so you can you can literally do whatever you need to at the field that allows you to get more work in so it's a great place to be
0: what's the number one game that's always on the ps or the xbox
1: (sighs) be honest with you i'm too old for all that stuff i don't i don't go in there that much i think (laughs) For the most part, if they're playing, they're playing Fortnite. They got Twitch running. They're watching people. I don't understand that. Watching <laughs> people play, that that just doesn't make sense to me. But Call of Duty's a big one. I know our guys are big Call of Duty fans, so they're playing that. If they had like NCAA something on there, I'd be in there. But that's the only reason I'd ever grab a controller. Sports games make sense to me. The other stuff, it's just there's too many buttons to push. I need X, Y, and A to push. That other stuff is just too much for me
0: you sound a lot like your head coach Jim Case when it comes to uh, gaming and technology but tell me about those three coaches coach bush coach murphy and coach case what it means to have those three guys running the program
1: uh you know they're they're great people it's it's one of those things when i came on a recruiting trip i knew that i i needed to be here and they brought me up here what would be maybe next week i believe three years ago, it feels like yesterday, you know, I feel like I haven't been here that long, but it's been three years now. And th- cause I remember they were brought me down here to the field when they were building the stadium. And I looked up and the mountains were the trees were as orange as they are now. And I just fell in love with it, you know, and it all comes back to sitting in the office with coach case and him telling me and like being straight up with me. Cause I'd been through the coaching changes more times than I ever planned on being And I just wanted a straightforward answer and he gave it to me, you know, and that's all you can ask for from a coach, you know, is for him to be honest with you, whether it's good or bad. And so Coach Case is, he's a great man. He's really done a lot of things for me in my life, just leading me in certain directions that I think they're going to stick with me for the rest of my life. And he's, he's just a great man when it comes to being there every day, being present, you know, and. My granddad comes to practice. He's like, man, like, he looks like he's still in shape. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't miss a beat, you know. He's still swinging that fungo every day at practice. And then Coach Murph, he's a great guy, you know. He's a kind of like Coach Rutledge, you know. He's the big energy guy, keeps everybody loose at practice. And Murph does a lot for us, you know, whether it be keeping up with a lot of the um, off-the-field things with uh, time time sheets and all that kind of stuff, but also on the field hitting extra ground balls, throwing extra BP, throwing BP at practice, working with our infielders. You know, we were leading the country at double plays last year, and that's a testament to Murph's hard work with those middle infielders. He's really tough on them and keeping them in line and getting them to to be sharp at their game. You know, he's a huge asset to have when it comes with for those middle infielders. And then Coach Bush does a great job with just really having a, open mind when it comes to hitting. There's a lot of hitting coaches in the country that they want you to hit this way and we're going to fit you inside this box for our program. And when Coach Bush, when I talk to him and he's like, I'm going to let you hit the way you hit until it, you need to have a change made. And that's just been a huge thing for me because I have a very simplistic way that I hit and I have a very simplistic mind when it comes to hitting. And Coach Bush has a very good mind for reaching players no matter what their mindset is when it comes to hitting or their the way that they hit, you know, he's very good at someone who has a complicated setup or a complicated approach at the plate. He's able somehow to dive into both sets of minds, whether it's simplistic or complicated and reach the inner core of what it takes for them to be a good hitter and bring that out of them. And then when it comes to recruiting, they're just bringing in talent. You know, they're the stadiums, another testament to that. They're, they wouldn't build us a stadium if they didn't think that we could fill it with talent because that's what our job their job is you know as coaches their job is to get talent in here and then develop it and this freshman class i think it's going to surprise a lot of people in the conference and potentially in the country with what we have and our freshman hitters our outfielders our freshman catcher first baseman and then we got some pitchers that are dang near ready to go into a rotation. I'm not saying they're ready, but they're close. You know, they're they're busting at the scene. We got guys that are throwing harder than I've ever seen freshmen throw hard and filling up the zone. So it's a testament to our coaching staff, the talent that they're bringing in and how quickly that talent's kind of showing its head and just being ready to play and contribute to the team.
0: And finally, looking at this 2021 season that you've got ahead of you, what is an individual goal that you're looking at, and then what is the team goal that you guys are looking to?
1: You know, we we don't really talk about our our uh, team goals that much in the fall. You know, it's kind of a a here and now type deal. We're focusing on the fall, getting better throughout the fall, and we're, we're preparing for the spring. We have a mind for the spring and what we want to accomplish, but we never really talk about it because I feel like if it's almost one of those Nick Sabanisms, like if you start preparing for the fall for the spring you're gonna bypass the fall. You're not gonna be locked in on the fall and be bought in for what you need to do because there's goals you need to meet in the fall. There's you can't reach this end goal without reaching goals in the fall or reaching milestones in the fall. So I think now we can start looking to it. It's kind of um just take it one game at a time. You know, it's we got the talent. We have the team camaraderie. It's just putting it together one game at a time. And last year's kind of a a testament to that also. I mean, who would have known we had 15 games, you know? And would we have approached those games any different if we knew we had 15 of them? So it's just taking it one game at a time. And if you take it one game at a time, number 56 will be there before you know it. And we just got to get ready to be the best us week one and then week two and building on that. And then by the end of it, just being ready to rock and roll through the conference tournament, you know, win that. And then I think you could say an over-branching thing for us would be take a step from that regional and not be in a winner-take-all situation of that regional where you're there that one extra night and you're putting the pressure on that team that's hosting and you're one game away. And if you play your best game, you're in a super regional. And I think that's kind of an individual goal also is just kind of do my part to – help the team get there, whatever that may be. I mean, who knows what this season's going to hold for me. I'm going to do my best to, to be ready to do what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I think my teammates know what I'm supposed to do. And there's no there's no reason for me to talk about it like when it comes to in my mind because I know what I have to do. And if I take care of myself and take care of my job, my teammates take care of their jobs, There's it's going to be tough to beat us. We've got a lot of talent and I'm excited about where we could go. But I think that we want to be in a winner-take-all situation with a chance to go to a super, and then it's best of three, and anything can happen with our pitching staff at a best of three. And you win that, you're right there in the thick of things for, for it all. you know. So we're re- we're really looking for a winner-take-all, best of three, and at that point, who knows. So,
0: Alex Webb, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. Greatly Thanks. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand-new episode and another guest. For Avery Davis, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks.
1: This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new
0: episodes each week, or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app, or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics,
1: visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.